everybody. Welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on Conservative Talk ABQ. 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. Welcome back. We had a great show yesterday. We had Jason Velencourt in in studio. He was a former candidate for the House of Representatives and um, didn't take the seat. Nope. From the Libertarian Party, right? But he was one of the ones on the forefront doing the work. I saw him cleaning up uh, dump sites like they're all over the town. He did an amazing job. It's unfortunate that a lot of the candidates who were running for office didn't win because, I mean, there were great ones. Well, and they put a lot of effort behind it. They I mean, put, yeah, they helped clean the communities. They were out there every day talking to people, knocking on doors. So, yeah, it was very discouraging to see something like that for people that worked that hard. Absolutely. And especially because um, most of these people that took that call understood the why, why they were running for office. And across the board, it was it was simply to improve the conditions, to improve the lives, uh, to secure our rights of New Mexicans as Americans. And, you know, I remember when you were running, Diana, I mean, I even helped some, too. Um, you were out there every day, even though it was a lockdown, you had your mask on, you had you, you were six feet apart, but you still spoke to people, you spoke to groups, churches and stuff, and you, you were out there like every single day, even on Sundays. Every single day. So, um, yeah, so, so you could see why I was, I was shocked. <laughs> you weren't the only one. <laughs> <laughs> when I did not take the seat. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, wow, um, I outperformed my opponent, mm-hmm. outdid him. Talked to more people, had more heart. I, you know, outraised him for sure, and outraised him, which, which for District Ten was very unusual because most other House districts, um, they were competing against money, but I outraised my opponent. We did interesting stuff with the funding to campaign. We did traditional stuff, uh, the you know mailers, uh, poster boards, whatever signs, yard signs. Uh, I had billboards. Uh, what does it take? I know this guy didn't have one single billboard. I, uh, I did one. text messaging. I did the social media. I had the website. Did all of those things. I never saw anybody work as hard as you did. And at the end of the day, I, I mean, I was shocked. <laughs> it shocked my senses. I was shocked my senses. I said, what am I going to do with all of these team jackets? That you kept. Well, I mean, I, I eventually gave them away, but obviously I'd wanted to give them away on winning night, but it didn't work out that, that way. It would have been nice. Right? It was cruel. It was unusual. Uh, it, there was highs. There was lows. I got to know the South Valley uh, in a way that I had never before, uh, even though I thought I was connected to it. It wasn't. Uh, found out there was all these unique parts of the South Valley. Stumbled upon Pajarito Mesa. That was like a little nightmare, wasn't it, for them people? Yeah, and and they still live in those conditions. They live uh, in in the unincorporated areas of Albuquerque, but still Albuquerque. South Uncores, about two miles before you get to the Sleda Line, Pajarito Road. If you go west, uh, what when the pavement ends is, well, the pavement ends at the dump. Yeah, because <laughs> because whoever paved that road, you know paved it for themselves. But beyond that, uh, there's no electricity. There's no running water. And it's right there. It's not like it's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's, well, it's like 15 minutes from downtown Albuquerque. Yeah, from the mayor's house. Yeah. Uh, two minutes from the House of Representatives and about five minutes from the senator. Of You know, they all live in the South Valley. Everybody knows what's happening at the Parito Mesa. Mm-hmm. And we stumbled upon that, that church, El Remanente. 
And uh, that's where I eventually got saved on June 17, 2020. And I knew I was going to get saved up there. I found this church, stumbled upon it. And it was like a thousand little prayers when you walked in there. And everyone's just kind of praying at the same time. There's all this stuff going on. It's all in Spanish. So I know about half of what they're saying because I'm a New Mexican. But it was like a thousand little uh, prayers just kind of holding up this, this makeshift church that these these very faithful people um had so that that was unique that was a blessing i wouldn't change any of it for the world i i'll I'll be real honest it was brutal you know the outcome the fallout all of this but i wouldn't change any of it for the world i don't know that i'd run again because i mean people will beat you down just to see what you're made of that's right and then you got to get comfortable with enemies yeah i mean because you end up with enemies that that you didn't even know you had. Yeah, I didn't even know half of my enemies. You know, I know that they talked bad about me and wrote blogs about me and called me all these vicious names. I didn't even know them. I've never met them a day in my life. So how do they how do they know me that well that they can call me a racist, homophobic, xenophobic? All kinds of stuff. All these r- right. crazy names. And some of them I didn't even know what they meant. So, I, And I don't take anything personal, thank God. Right. Thank God I'm not easily offended. Right, right. Because, cause, I mean, well, we'd be here all day. Yep. We'd be here all day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I told you I got, I got protested. <laughs> at your own, at my, at your own event? At my event. <laughs> uh, my party got crashed uh, by Democrats. All of a sudden worried about the Pajarito Mesa. Yeah. And I was all, donde esta uh, the water? Yeah. <laughs> and where, where have you been all this time? Where then? have you been? Well, this is my district. Oh, okay, then fix it. Yeah. What, what have you, and how long has it been your district? Right. How long right. has it been there? Yeah, well. So because of the way the Pajarito Mesa is, there's like, you know, no addresses. There, I mean. Well, I know you took me up there. I was in shock. In sh- it's shocking. I mean, it was. It looked like the worst part of Juarez. I mean, even Juarez doesn't even look this desolate. I mean, they're begging for a stop sign to stop some little traffic accidents that occur there on the little stops, right. you know. And they're begging for a stop sign, for God's sake. Right, because there's like the, this big process that they have to go to, through. And I was like, hey, man, I got a, I got a stop sign at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Gra- uh, grab some shovels and get somebody to put this on that pole there, and we'll just make our own mm-hmm. stop sign because at the end of the day sometimes you just have to do it but Parito Mesa was shocking like I was just shocking to say the least to say the least so I would always take people up there like on a tour um I took a lot of um the candidates that were running for house district I I took uh uh Republican leadership up there uh to show them so that they they would know that when I if because I thought I was going to be at the roundhouse. Foolishly. Foolishly. Um, that when, when I would bring up issues of the party, Tomesa, they, you know, they'd be able to be like, I've been there. I understand what it is that she's talking about. So, so we did very unique kind of campaigning, um, built tiny libraries, took water up to the Pajarito Mesa and fruit prayer, uh, and, singing yeah and you know i i think that's what they survive on is prayer because they look they're very religious they're right. very spiritual people you would have to be faithful to live there i mean you I sure mean, would because it seemed like every day would be a test yeah i couldn't do it a test yeah. i mean i think of the times where i'm like okay god's testing me because sometimes you know that happens so mm-hmm. i'm being tested or i'm gonna rise to the occasion and all of this but those conditions i mean they got to be harsh 
They have to. They be. have to be harsh. Yeah. Well, they they sure don't have a, a built um, hospital that they buy for them so they can house them the way the homeless do. In oh, right. You did some, right. Yeah. Right. These people are, are willing to pay their taxes, <laughs> yes, they do. buy their own land or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, rent, pay their bills, you know, get up, go to work. And yet the basic, basic services are not being performed for these people. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when, you know, when they talk about like sanctuary cities and all of this kinds of stuff, it was real clear that they didn't need a blanket of, of sanctuary city. What they needed was the constitution of the United States so they could throw it in somebody's face and be like, look, there you go. we pay taxes. You're obligated to represent us. So represent us. But time and time again, it's, we know this, the Democrats like keeping people oppressed so that you always have a little glimmer of hope that if they get elected, you might get a crumb. That's right. You might get a crumb. They want to keep you poor and oppressed. Yeah, totally, totally. So I wouldn't have changed it for the world, even though, um, well, it was cruel and unusual, like I said. <laughs> so it, it was a pleasure having Jason. We're going to have some more um, guests that were former candidates uh, throughout the programming, not today, but moving forward because they have very unique um, perspectives. But when we come back, we're going to talk about headlines and a couple of other bills that were officially signed into law. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on KDAZ 96.9 FM 700 AM. Don't forget to visit us on the web at offthecuffabq.com. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Golden Equipment Company, finding innovative solutions. We are a full-service heavy equipment Volvo dealer offering sales, parts, service, and rental. Locally owned for over 35 years, we're proud to be a part of your community. Our dedicated and certified crew will help keep you productive and efficient. Come see us at any of our three locations, Albuquerque, Farmington, and Durango, Colorado. Check us out on social media or visit our website, goldenequipment.com. We look forward to helping you with your next project. Welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. And support for today's programming on Off the Cuff ABQ is made possible in part by Semco Inc. Thank you for supporting Off the Cuff and our mission. And it's it's super important that we are supported. We are a localized conservative talk radio on KDAZ 96.9 FM. Um... We are against the cancel culture. We will stand in the spirit of our values, and we won't bend, and we won't break. And we will never back down. And we won't back down. And there's nothing that anybody can say that can convince us otherwise. So we are very proud Americans, very proud New Mexicans, uh, been here a very long time. And so our programming is based on those ideas. And we're talking about issues that most people... That affects most New Mexicans. And that most people aren't talking about. That's right. And that's just how it goes in New Mexico. So anyways, we're going to serve as a platform for that. Uh, Part of our conservative responsibility is equally highlighting New Mexicans. So we have on Fridays uh, what, what we're calling Freestyle Friday. And on this Friday, every Friday... We highlight a New Mexican. Mostly, they've been uh, all singers, musicians, and uh, band players, things like this. Well, except for a novelist. Except for Gerald. <laughs> yes. Um, he is a local author, Mayhem Manor. Uh, we highlight people like him. 
in addition to uh, musicians. And they have gotten their music played on FM radio, mainstream media, for free because the cost of advertising should never be a deterrent from from reaching opportunities. So, uh, again, wide variety. Our first guest was a rapper. Yes. <laughs> Uh, rockers, whatever. So if you're a talented New Mexican and would like to be uh, featured on our Freestyle Friday, please go to our website, uh, offthecuffabq.com. Click on I Want to Be a Guest. So let's start with the headlines. What's happening? Well, I, I hear the city finalized the uh, Gibson Center purchase of the Loveless Hospital for the homeless. For the Gateway Center. Yes. So this is what, what Tim Keller is, is bragging about all day. Mm-hmm. And so what about the other money that they passed? What about the money we gave before that? What about the tiny homes? What about all these nonprofits that are here to serve the homeless and year after year after year after year, particularly this year? Well, the if, homeless issue has just gotten worse. Yes, and if they had 2.1 million sitting there for, what is it, five or six years, shouldn't it have gained a ton of interest if it's just sitting in a bank doing nothing? I have no idea. Yeah. But for this year, it says 15 million that's how much they paid for the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yes, they did. $15 million. Mm -hmm. He said for, uh, Tim Keller has for years advocated for a new gateway center, homeless shelter, and services facility, and said Tuesday it is needed now more than ever. No kidding. The city has, sent, uh, has seen unprecedented, unprecedented demand for emergency, emergency shelter since the COVID-19 pandemic with its support network, including an existing West Side shelter and five area hotels accommodating over 900 people on some nights during the pandemic. So even with that, we still saw a ridiculous amount of homeless people. And a lot of money being spent. And a lot of money being spent on these um, these these hotels that they uh, purchase every night, rooms every night. This is in the millions. And they do this every year, uh, maybe not to the extent of ni uh, 900 people, but it's a routine practice of the city. This is what they do. But meanwhile, you can drive down in front of any of these homeless shelters already set up in District 11, which is downtown Old Town, and you'll see places like St. Martin's closed at 5. Mm -hmm. uh, Healthcare for the homeless closed at 5. All of these places closed, and guess what? There's no homeless people that loiter around there. I wonder why. They're not allowed. They're not allowed. It's, it's actually not for them. Move along. Yeah. Move I? along. He said, like a few other things, we had a homelessness problem going into the pandemic, and now the problem is even worse. Well, I wonder why. Keller said during a news uh, conference in the Gibson property, this facility could not come at a better time. So when are they actually going to start housing them? I Seriously. Say. I mean, the building's there, but... I'm sure it's going to need some kind of remodeling to accommodate, you know, s separate rooms for families or whatever they mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they said the city intends to keep the building open for existing tenants who occupy about a, a third of the property's 572,000 square feet, some of whom provide behavioral health services. The, um, they yield over $2.5 in annual lease revenue, which Albuquerque Chief Operating Officer Lawrence Rael said will help offset the building's operating and maintenance costs. Until they move out. Yep. And then <laughs> who knows what's going to be left of that building, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that pays out. So when they talk about uh, offsetting or it's going to generate all this revenue, they told us that about Unsacrossing. 
Yet Unser Crossing still stands there. They told us that about the art project. Remember, they said there are people right now falling from the sky, wanting to set up shop. It's going to make a bunch of money. Oh, it's going to stop downtown every seven minutes. On the, like for what? I said no one's downtown but the homeless. You know. I, I mean, they can't give that bus away. No. They, I mean, and, and they give the bus away. They say you could ride the bus for free. Somebody ride it. Somebody. Somebody ride well, it. Well, they just had another accident right there, right off of. I think it was off of Central. Well, of course it's off of Central, but I think Eighth Street when I was coming down. Uh, the bus crashed into another van, and they were from out of town. So that's like the 22nd wreck that they've had. And you know all of those are little lawsuits right in place. Everybody's going to be desperately injured by this big, mean, blue or turquoise bus. Right, right. Yeah, so I see a lot of more money coming into that. Totally, totally. So where's the money to offset that? <laughs> and not to mention, do you remember we uh, covered this earlier and they wanted to have these grants available for businesses and for homeowners because they were going to be impacted by this gateway center because it is going to create a whole... It's going to have unintended consequences. Well, even he's saying we're going to test things. We're going we're going to experiment with things. That sounds pretty scary. Yeah. We're going to find out what works best over time. So, yeah, they're giving themselves a ton of time to work on this and using all the money. So they're just trying to figure out what's happening. Yes. Because they really don't know. But, again, the more homeless facilities you have, the more homeless people there will be because there'll be no incentive to not be homeless because again why would we not just want to immediately integrate somebody you know into housing because for some people the moment they become homeless the longer they are on the streets you have to get them housed so sometimes people become homeless you need to rapidly get those people housed immediately otherwise they're going to end up on a rat race so they're going to go from from the Gateway Center to St. Martin's to Healthcare for the Homeless to uh, Heading Home, which is always locked. Again, mm -hmm. another facility and all this money, it's going to administration uh, fees. But and, and they get paid very well. You know, they said that they have the hospital, but the official said the cost and the scope of necessary remodeling is not known yet since the programming has not been finalized. Of so, course. Yeah, there we go again. Oh, we have the building, we have the building. Right. Hold on. First, we have to remodel everything and right, make it all right, nice and spiffy. Right. We don't know how much it's going to cost, so we don't know when it's going to be available. So $15 million just to take the facility. 2.5 million in lease revenues, but we don't know how much it's going to cost to actually make the building operational. So where's the plan before you start spending uh, $15 million? On a giant building. Like, shouldn't all this stuff be ironed out before? Do you remember the art? They were showing all these beautiful photos and stuff, and then they made the bus look like a train, and literally people thought that it was some kind of, yeah, they were all saying we have a subway, and they were, they were imagining all sorts of Right. What were they calling it? Uh, uh, monorail, the monorail. Monorail, 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 yeah. monorail, <laughs> monorail. Like from the Simpsons. Yeah. And they knew what the Simpsons knew about this like years, years before. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, again, if you search monorail, Simpsons, mm -hmm. monorail. Tells you a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They said the county intends to pr uh, provide additional support to the uh, future. Berlin County Manager Julie Moragas Baca said. So she said the county's going to help out with that. I wonder how. <laughs> they don't say. They just say a lot of these, you know, things that they're going to do with the money, and, but they don't say how, when, where, just who. Right. Who's getting paid. 
So, oh, mira, funding for the facility purchase and potential investments include another $14 million from a voter-approved measure. In go. 2019, city bond questioned $5 million from the city's current year budget and about $1 million in past state uh, appropriations, $1 million from Bernalillo County and uh, proceeds of half a million from corporate contributions. So, again... Time and time again, they tax us. They have these bond questions. And by the time we even realize what's happening, we're trying to prove something else to get, you know, how come you didn't give us the story up front? It, it would be too easy. It, yeah. you, know, it, you know, it's like they piecemeal everything. Mm -hmm. Like they just taxed you here and there so it doesn't seem like a whole lot. And then when you add it all up, you're all, whoa. And, you know, who's doing the remodeling is what I'm saying, too, because usually they just pick out the top, you know, one of their friends will do the remodeling, I'm sure. I mean, well, it'll be a contract. Well, it'll be a contract, but the contract will get paid mega bucks right. to do this. And they, they don't go and see uh, who, who's going to, they don't challenge it and say who's going to be the lowest bidder. Right. They just take the highest one, one of their friends, just like the Bradbury and Stam. They were in charge of the whole thing. Of the, right. Yeah. Right. But. And, and there are some concerns over that because they got a contract. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to just provide oversight. This is not do the work, just oversight. And you barely saw them out there. And they got millions of dollars. And who did they hire? Arizona, Oregon. We saw all kinds of plates. Mm -hmm. it, it was not new. And they were supposed to bring jobs for New Mexicans. It wasn't for you. No. It wasn't for you. And there was only like 10 jobs. And that was for the New Mexicans to pick up the litter that these other ones left right, behind. Right, right. That yeah. was the jobs for New Mexicans. That's it. That's it. You get to pick up the trash. Yep. Lucky uh, you. Don't forget your trash bin and got some little wheels on there. Grab some gloves and put on a reflector glass uh, jacket and get to work. Yep. That's jobs for New Mexicans. Yep. <laughs> So oh what a worn out process. So mm. I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out. So there were residents that were opposing it. And uh, Counselor uh, Pat Davis was behind him. Remember, he wanted public input. So here's your public input. That's what public input um, e equaled. <laughs> really? So it went from a ton of news articles, bunch of meetings. People were complaining. They didn't want this gateway center there in Gibson in their neighborhood. Uh, Pat Davis agreed with them. It was probably a voting block because that's just the way it works because you got to know how politics works, mm -hmm. period. And so this is public input. It did not matter. They're going to do whatever it is they want to do as long as they're hell-bent on doing it. And they really don't care what you have to say. That's public input. Welcome to the city of Albuquerque, God. for I am and the mayor, mayor of Albuquerque. Albuquerque. <laughs> it's called Tim Keller. Yes. The book stops there. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. Well, we also have, they were going to be fixing the roadside markers. They said they're worn out on west side. And, you know, they're just, they're statewide. But mostly these uh, markers are in rural uh, counties. So they're expecting people to call in and say, our markers are badly damaged, we need it fixed, and whatever. So they're making a big old thing out of that. Uh, the uh, the person that's in charge of it is Andrew Gallegos. He's from the Traffic Operations uh, Department of Transportation. So he's in charge of that. He expects people to call if they see their markers needs repair of any kind, and they'll c rush down and take care of it. Wow. So this is also what he says. So uh, in an email, he is asking for contact information to report defaced or otherwise damaged New Mexico road historic information markers. But he says, 
I'm not sure of their official name, but I'm talking to big historic. I'm talking about the big historic markers. Usually the big lots on each side. What? <laughs> Seriously? Before you gave this press release, because this official pr press release issued to the people of the great state of New Mexico, anybody who wants to know about this can look it up. He doesn't even take the time to call it by its proper name so that he could then call the people to action. Again, this is more public input. So the big thing, if it's broken, call Ellen. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, and, he says, and once I receive their approval, I will schedule replacement of the text plates or you know, whatever. Andale, I'm glad everything was, was cleared up. <laughs> now we're more confused than ever. Right. <laughs> you know, we still have crime, crime, crime in the news. And we found out that that uh, gentleman killed in Las, Las Lunas a few days ago was actually a, a boxer. Well, he was a uh, boxer or, or MMA, or is it the same? That's yeah, well, the same. Well, I think it's MMA. Yeah. Fighter Tyler East. Mm -hmm. He was shot and killed in New Mexico. Authorities responded to his home for a domestic violence call. How depressing. So he gets there and the wife and him had had a fight. I guess they sh she shot him. Yeah. So East 30 was found dead Monday at a residence in Las Lunas, about 25 miles south of um, city of Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Valencia County Sheriff's responded to the home on a domestic violence call and found a woman and a man later identified as East suffering from gunshot wounds. Uh, the New Mexico State Police um, Investigations Bureau learned that East had been shot by his girlfriend and then dragged uh, her out of the residence during a domestic dispute. He was then allegedly shot by another man at the residence. Who ran away. Who ran away. He ran away. Yeah, East was pronounced dead at the scene. According to the police, his girlfriend uh, was transported to the hospital in Albuquerque where she is in stable condition. Uh, probably released by now. But East was a former um, UFC fighter, and he completed um, 21 professional MMA fights in 2009 or from 2009 to 2016. And so it's just a sad case, you know, sad, sad case. Uh, he, uh, But East also had a history, a run-in with the law, so... There you go. There you go. He didn't fight just in, on the ring. He fought with everybody, it looks like. Right, <laughs> right, with everybody, with everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's always interesting in New Mexico because, it, you know, even, take Albuquerque. From, from north, east, west, and south, these neighborhoods, completely different. Even within the same district, like take my district, District 10, you have the South Valley, which a lot of it's farming community, and then you have San Jose, completely different. You have um, the Kirtland edition, completely totally di different. Totally different. Yeah. All this in the same, well, District 10 is the largest map, but it, it's really hard to serve uh, a community, I guess you would say, if, again, our leaders are out of touch. They don't care. They don't care. They only worry about when it's election time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I hope people rem remember that. You know, when you're voting for somebody, think, ask yourself, what have they done for me lately in my neighborhood, my community? <laughs> Nothing, nada, right. zilch. Right. We don't have to be loyal to a fault because at the end of the day, um, they have to have our best interest in, in their heart. They're supposed to work for us. They're not our leaders. They're supposed to work for us. Right. That's why they get paid. They're obligated. That's no, that's why they wanted to be public servants. That's right. I mean, they knocked on the door, made the promise. Mm -hmm. Promises we know they'll never keep. Promises are made to be broken. 
New Mexico dead last. Mm-hmm. Education. Mm-hmm. City of Albuquerque homicides. Oh, we reported the other day that it was up to 30. We were wrong. We lied. We lied. It was 35. 35. So, <laughs> if they, they're still dropping out of the sky, I'm sure we're going to have the most homicides this year than ever. And I don't even think the pandemic had that much to do with it. I, I don't know what just, it is. Yeah, it's just growing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yesterday we were reporting on uh, a county official from Sanibel, Sanibel County. county. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name again? Um, Birch, Catherine Birch. Yes, her. So mm-hmm. first, first district. So uh, it was reported that she made eyebrow-raising comments regarding the mass shootings, uh, claiming recent use of guns to kill people attributed to the color of people's skin and the shapes of their faces. <laughs> and I'm still just so confused by this because if you take her statement in whole, you know, I don't know who she's talking about, don't know what she's talking about, and who doesn't have a shape to their face? I thought they're basically all the same. I mean, you have two eyes. Yes, a nose. A nose. <laughs> a big nose, maybe. You have a big nose sometimes. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, across the country, the media has been fixated on crimes involving Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders after the gunman in Atlanta, Georgia, shot up multiple massage parlors where he killed eight people. And mind you, out of the eight, they were women. Yeah, seven of them were women. Seven, in fact, seven of them were women. Mm-hmm. So, um, including people of multiple races. Okay, and so it was determined that the shootings were tied to some sort of sex addiction, uh, addiction, and not racial hatred. Again, seven of the eight victims were women. So this Birch, this this commissioner. Uh, she said in, in a meeting, well, we got to take a quick break and then we'll finish up on her because I want to spend some time on this because, you know, yeah, it's important. So uh, just really quick, uh, shout out to our new sponsor, our proud sponsor called uh, Abortion Free New Mexico with Bud and Tara Shaver. Uh, they are a great family, a great New Mexican family that lives here. They are working every day diligently in the spirit of of saving babies because New Mexico is the late term capital of, of the, of the nation. That's so unbelievable. It's I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. We're number so, one in the worst possible right, thing for late term. Oh, and, and mind you late term is, well, it's, it, it's an eight, eight pound baby. Mm-hmm. So, uh, abortion free New Mexico, check them out, follow them. They're a good group. You're listening to KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Tara Shaver with Abortion Free New Mexico. Did you know that New Mexico is the late-term abortion capital of the nation? While your work and travel has been restricted by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, New Mexico has become a global destination for late-term abortions. At Abortion Free New Mexico, we are working several proven strategies to end abortion in our state. If you want to help us end abortion in New Mexico, visit abortionfreenm.com today. That's abortionfreenm.com. Everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff. It's not for the easily offended. It is the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio talk show in Albuquerque on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. 
So Golden Equipment Company has earned a great reputation in our community by providing top quality work and a team of experts you can always depend on. For more information about Golden Equipment Services, head over to the website at goldenequipment.com. That's goldenequipment.com. We met with the people from Golden Equipment. Uh, they're a great group, very welcoming. Uh, so check them out if you, if, you should, if, if you need any equipment. Yes, and they got big they, equipment. They got big stuff over there. Huge. <laughs> I said, can I drive that? He said, no. <laughs> they look dangerous, but I mean, I'm sure people know right. how to use them there. Right. And he, Bill Golden is a really nice person. Yeah. So they got tractors. They got forklifts or. Things I don't even know what they use uh, for. Cranes. Yeah. Cranes. A ton of them. Mm -hmm. So big equipment. Yes. Well, big and small. Okay. So anyways, back to uh, Sandoval County, which is Bernalillo. The town of Bernalillo, oh. not to be confused with Bernalillo County, which is Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, across the country, the media has been fixated on crimes involving Asians and Pacific Islanders after a gunman in Atlanta, Georgia, shot up a massage parlor, killing eight people. And again, uh, seven of the eight victims were, were women. Mm -hmm. It's a fact, period. Mm -hmm. So this Commissioner Birch said during a meeting... Uh, this has kind of been a hard week in many ways uh, with more mass shootings and even longer than that. With certain communities being assaulted more directly, I know I have some family members that fall into these categories. I don't know what that means. No, I don't at think all. she does either. Yeah, yeah, because because she's trying to be politically correct. Yes, I think that's part where she's trying to say, I have some of these in my family, but she won't say she, what she has. Right, like as if saying, I have Asians in my family, or I have uh, blacks in my family, or Hispanic, or whatever. Would make her racist or something. Like, or maybe she's talking about white people. I don't know. Jesus. I mean, seriously, like what, like... From, from from where I read to there, she has said absolutely nothing. Uh, I have some family members that fall into some of these categories. <laughs> okay. Um, that are more visible or whatever, for whatever reason. And I am very saddened that we are having these individuals. Which individuals? Your family members that fall into the categories? Or are we talking about mass shooters or what? And again, she says, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. <laughs> because she doesn't want to say racist mm -hmm. because she's trying not to you know pull that narrative because uh we're pushing back on that narrative everything can't be racist everything just cannot be racist sexist uh or homophobic or whatever yeah so she's saying again that's for for whatever reason going out and shooting or assaulting people because of the color of their skin and the shape of their faces. Yeah, you know, Commissioner Jay Block was there, and he was really taken back by that. He said, I am not sure what the shape of their face means. We all have different shape of faces, unless you're talking about my kids who are interracial. I don't know. I would maybe change those words a little bit, like trying to help her out, like, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And mm. then, and so, again, this is kind of been a hard week in many ways with more mass shootings and even longer than that with certain communities, certain communities. So she's trying to say communities of color, mm. right? But, but she's being politically correct because she's still playing identity politics, being assaulted more directly. And I know I have some family members that fall into that category. So in other words, you can't really say anything to her because she got people like that. You know, it, you know, it's like someone really trying to be racist and then be like, oh, but um, I got a few in my background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a few of them uh, in those categories, uh, you know, that are family.
uh, that are more visible for whatever reason. Well, because you know why? Because we all look different and it's okay. Just to say that more visible. What, what does that more, mean? More visible. What does that mean? Yeah. More exactly. What more does visible that mean? to who? Right. Right. Or the shape of their faces. <laughs> faces or eyes. Okay. Get over No, I'm, I'm serious because mm -hmm. uh, what is it that you are saying? And furthermore, what does this have to do with county business? What does this have to do with education? What does this have to do with poverty? What does this have to do with the school system? What, what does it have to do with anything? I don't know. She just put her foot in her mouth big Seriously. time. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, because people, because of the color of people's skin. There we go. Well, yours is pink. <laughs> I don't know. One she looks pink and another one she looks like she's Native American. So I have no idea what she is. But still, she's trying to be politically correct while playing identity politics. It's kind of been a hard week uh, in many ways with uh, more mass shootings and um, even longer than that with certain communities um, being assaulted more directly. And um, I know I have family members that fall into some categories that um, are more visible for whatever reason. And um, I'm just very saddened that we are having these individuals that are, for whatever reason, going out and shooting or assaulting people because of the color of their skin or um, the shape of their face. So I just want you to all um, remember them in your thoughts and prayers and then let's get to work and let's do something more effective than um, thinking about them by getting serious about helping with mental health, making sure that we provide the correct training and tools for our law enforcement and that we are regulating uh, the possession of weapons by those who have no business owning them. We're going to call it out because uh, I don't know what, what it is that she's saying. She hasn't uh, returned any of our calls And we called either. her. Three times. Three times. We mm -hmm. called her three times. I wanted to ask her exactly what she meant because maybe it's as simple as this. Maybe she felt like she couldn't say Asian for whatever reason. <laughs> For whatever reason. For whatever reason. For, here we go. For whatever reason. Um, because she's playing identity uh, politics. She, people of color. Certain communities get um, brutalized more than others because of the color of their skin. You know, like, really? One, one incident. And right away, it's, they're making a whole thing on well, it. Well, they're going to base it all on race because there's a narrative, again, that they're pushing because they're trying to, you know, divide everybody. But we're all supposed to be equal. But blacks over here, brown over here, white over here, and red over here. And everything in between, come over here. Because we don't quite know what category you're in. You know, if you're going to say Asian, say Asian. Uh, if you're going to say black, say black. If someone says, hey, I'd rather be called an African-American, take it with the, you know, into consideration and then call them an African-American. They're asking you to do so. But then they take that all the way to the left. And now all of a sudden, um, what looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, ain't a duck. You call it a duck, you're going to get into some trouble because you should have just. That duck has us in trouble all the time. All the time. <laughs> So it's just crazy. Yes, it is. So I'm not sure what the fate, uh, uh, the shape of their face means. No, we don't either. Well, we try to get her to explain that. Maybe to help her out. Say maybe you just, you know, overspoke the whole thing, but she won't answer. But but then she's too chicken, of course, to answer the phone mm -hmm. because what she was saying was nonsense, <laughs> well. and she has nothing to respond to because if she did, she would say, "Look, based on based on the shape of your face," and then and then she. 
she would stand behind what she said because she would know why she said it. She doesn't answer her phone because or respond to it because she doesn't know why she said that. It's stupid. I have no idea. I know. Well, you know, now there, there's other discrimination things uh, going on in the legislature. Uh, Governor Lujan Grisham signs a bill banning discrimination based on hair or cultural headdress. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell you, me about that. What does that mean? Uh, who knows? She, uh, she said on Monday she signed into law measures that prohibit discrimination, discipline, or disparate treatment of New Mexico students based on their hairstyle or cultural or religious headdress. So I wish this was, you know, in place when I was going to school because it was it was the 80s. I was I was in middle school in the 80s. You had the big hair, the big hair. Oh, you'd have been thrown out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Aquanet. <laughs> oh, no. That reminds me of fly spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this this um, champion bill house, it's bill 29 and Senate bill 80 sponsors House Majority Four leader Cheryl Williams at Stapleton and Representative Patricia Roybal Caballero, who isn't even from here, Senator Harold Pope Jr., Sen oh no, Senator Linda Lopez, and Senator Benny Shendon, Senator Shannon Pinto, and Antonette Cedillo Lopez at a new section. Who was appointed, by the way, okay. never elected, mm -hmm. and then got reelected because she had the situation under control, I guess. So. Yeah, well, they added a new section to the Public School Code and Charter School Act preventing school districts and charters from discriminating against any student based on their race or cultural with respect to their hairstyle or headdress. When the teachers even care, as long as you come to school and ready to, they don't really care. And it's clean. Yeah. And, and there's no, you know. But they're making more issues. Piojos in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the piojos. The piojos. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's seriously like nobody even cared if you went with your little afro, your braids, or what. Nobody even noticed. But they're bringing all this up for more dissension. For more, more dissension. Yes. They act as if we need a law like this yeah. to say, hey. You, you can know. wear braids if you want. Right. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. I give me a break. Yeah. Um, at least seven other states have passed similar anti-discrimination anti legislation, sometimes referring to as the Crown Act. So again, more cultural divide, mm -hmm. right? They're making it known that, what, we have different hair? We have different uh, shapes of faces? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. I, I mean, what? When does it end? And none of this? None of this yes. does anything for education. And the governor says, I'm proud to enact this law and humble to call these justice-minded legislative leaders my colleagues. Oh, my God. Oh, all social insane. justice warriors. This, this is what they look like here. <laughs> they enact legislation. They don't have anything to do with most anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not anything that's going to help the state. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So, uh -huh. again, um, within the bill, this is a quote. It's coming right from the bill. Workplace bias, corporate grooming policies unfairly impact black women and people of color. There they go. There they go Separate again. Separate them. Separate they, them. They letting you know. Mm -hmm. They letting you know you ain't white. That's right. Because that's the narrative. Because mm -hmm. if you ain't white, you ain't right, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's absurd to think that people in New Mexico have been disenfranchised because of, well, we call them Anglos over here. Yes. Caucasians. Yeah. Because so. who can prove their whiteness, right? Who can prove their whiteness, <laughs> seriously? Oh it's just, she said, the voices we have heard during this legislative session illustrated the impact of racial discrimination based on hair and its 
compounding effect on potential opportunities. Okay. Yeah, liar. The advocate of this bill should be commended, commended for their articulation of the importance and necessary for this legislation to pass through their shared experiences on the collective damage sustained through the this type of discrimination. Collective damage. Seriously. All New Mexicans, no matter their race, religion, background, deserve to be treated equally and accepted for who they are, says sponsor representative Patricia Roival Caballero. From Texas. From Texas. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so here's this. All New Mexicans, mm -hmm. no matter their race, religion, or background, Hasn't it always been like that? I, I've never known a time where it was, a, it was anything but that in my lifetime. I'm not saying crazy stuff didn't happen because I remember back in the day, I've heard stories. Uh, no dogs or no shirt, no, uh, no, no shoes, shoes, no, no dogs, no Mexicans. And, <gasps> and they're talking about Hispanics, right? Yeah. But I don't think they're talking about any of us here. I think they're just following this national narrative because they all want to be AOC, Right? They all want to be coyote ugly. Why? Why would they? I know. You know? Well, they, you know the, the they want to be part of this squad. Yeah, the history of New Mexico has always been three, of, three cultures. I mean, we've had the Spanish, the Native American, and the Angles. That's all of it. And a few gray areas in between. Not much. Yeah. But that's what New Mexico has always consisted of. Right, right. So, again, you know, uh, the passing of this legislation pr uh, provides a historic impact to black women in New Mexico. They're breaking down barriers uh, presented in educational and professional settings. That, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a load because, again, they're trying to say that, that, like, you're such a slave. You're still a slave. They're just trying to remind you, you know what? This is where you come from. You're black. Don't you forget it. You're Hispanic. Don't you forget it. You're Mexican. Don't you forget it. And they're acting like they're enacting all of this stuff that is going to increase equality to break down these barriers that no matter their race, religion, or background, everyone deserves to be treated equally and accepted for who they are. They act as if that doesn't happen now, as if we too stupid advocate for ourselves. Well, what they're trying to do is convince you that we don't like each other. They're trying to convince yes. you that we don't like each other. That is simply put, and that's identity politics there. Because if it was about equality, they wouldn't constantly remind you. Who, who you are, what nationality right. you are, what it, color skin you that have. That you have thick, beautiful black hair. Here. Yeah. So, so there. Eat your heart out. Eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Native Americans, I have another thing. Here. The tribal discusses priorities with Interior Secretary Holland. This was a real joke. The Native American leaders told U.S. Interior Secretary Deb Holland they see her as a formidable guardian and steward of their interests Tuesday during the Pueblo woman's first official trip to her home state. Do they know what happened in Laguna? I'm sure, I mean, these people are saying now they're cheering for her because right. she's, you know, the secretary of the, his, right. whatever, but did they forget that after the little, what is the, what is that little hamburger stand called? Uh. Laguna Pueblo, Laguna Hamburgers. They were o over a million dollars short. Nobody knew where it went. Uh, she was involved in this. She was on the board and they came and said, no, there's over 1.3 million or some horrendous amount of like the that. Laguna de, um, hamburger the, uh, the Laguna Development Corporation or something like this. It was basically the government governing body of Laguna but we'll be right back and we'll pick up right there with that because it's it's well 
It's happening in New Mexico. That's right. So you're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest, newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Don't forget to visit us on our website at offthecuffabq.com. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Good morning, Albuquerque. This is Gerald Loeb, local author here of All Things Political and Humor. I have a new book coming out on the 15th of April and it's called Mayhem Manor. In this book, you have feckless bureaucrats, mindless politicians, and overwhelmed police force. Inside this book, you'll find not one but two love stories and a very unlikely hero. Check it out. It's on Amazon.com and will be available on April 15th. You'll like the read. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. It's exclusively aired on Conservative Talk ABQ. That's KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. So the book Mayhem Manor is set to be released April 15, 2021. Gerald Loeb, he's a local... Uh, author he's been on this show he's been on freestyle friday and he's one of our uh, our newest advertisers so uh mayhem manor it is set to release april 15th pre-order your book today the book is about ineffective bureaucrats mindless politicians an overwhelmed police force an unlikely hero and it's a little bit of a love story so find his book you can log on to offthecuffabq.com click on the sponsor page and then click on gerald loeb and order a variety of his books. They're uh, set in New Mexico, like an Albuquerque setting. He's a fantastic author, very talented. Support New Mexico, buy local. That's made in the U.S. of A. All right, tell us about Deb. Okay, well, they met at you know they met at the Pueblo Cultural Center there on 12th Street, and they had a big discussion. And actually, the governor was there also, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, and. Uh, uh, Secretary Lynn Trujillo and members of the state's congressional delegation. But the tribal leaders told a group that their prayers were answered when Holland was chosen to head the Interior Department, which, was, which has broad authority over Native Americans. Holland is the first ever Native American cabinet secretary. And she was really emotional. She wiped tears from her eyes during her introduction, and she received a standing ovation. How soon people forget. How soon they forget about the millions that were missing, and she did nothing to, you know, to audit. They asked, they asked her for an audit. She refused. Right. And now, now they're right. standing, a standing ovation. Right. right. Like she's going to help the, yeah. na- the Native American community. A simple review. Uh huh. A review. Not asking for a, a review. Whole lot. Yes. A review. Mm-hmm. She so t- she help tells, is on the way. Yeah, she tells the whole group, "Hey, help! Help is on the way." So she says it's a refrain from Joe Biden's administration, and has it's been echoing from coast to coast during the many visits White House. Officials and others have been making to tout the federal government's latest COVID-19 relief package. So they're, so, they're saying they're going to get the money, right, to help them. So, uh, so Deb Holland, mm-hmm. she ran a campaign to be reelected as first congressional congresswoman. She was promoted. She was appointed to Interior mm-hmm. by Joe Biden. So now those seats are open. Election is coming June 1st. And the person that they're running for the Democrat side is Melanie Stansberry. Mm -hmm. And what does she say about Native Americans who are going to lose their job because of uh, legislation that the left is enacting to stop gas and oil? 
Well, she said they can sell the jewelry and cotton or right. whatever they because mean. Because by eliminating gas and oil is going to disenfranchise an actual category of people mm-hmm. called Native Americans mm-hmm. who work in the gas and oil fields. And, and she's, she's so... And, 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 and she tells them, well, you can go back uh, to your little Indian blanket. You can set it up right there at Old Town or Santa Fe or anywhere else, but make sure you sit on the floor because everybody else gets tables. Yes. Let's but, not forget that. And, but nobody calls that out. And I, yet they're going to uh, tote her around as if she's going to, I mean, really? Well, you should have seen her. She placed her hand over her heart as she listened to the stories from Pueblo leaders and took notes. Mm. She had tears in her eyes. She should after all the damage she's done to the Laguna Pueblo, and that's her Pueblo right there. She said, I thank all of you for doing such an amazing job in getting your communities here in New Mexico vaccinated. I know how difficult it has been to keep our people safe and healthy during this terrible Specifically pandemic. on the Navajo Nation, exactly. specifically on Pueblo lands. You heard how many of them were dying. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So year after year, time after time, leader after le- leader, everyone's always, you know, Oh, we're going to do this for, for, you know, the Navajo Nation or for the Pueblos and all of this kinds of stuff. Where is it? You've been in charge 100 years. Mm-hmm. What have you done for us lately? lately. And, you know, the, she sounds more, I mean, I know her and Keller, our best friends, are always taking photo ops together. And she pressed for addressing climate change mm. and moving toward a clean energy economy. Because that's their mission. Mm-hmm. They tell you right there, when somebody tells you what they're about, believe, believe them. them. So she's talking about climate change. Mm-hmm. All right, wiping out all this kinds of stuff. Meanwhile, meanwhile, that's not COVID. Meanwhile, that's not, you know, access, better access to the people living on the reservations because it's socialism. Yep. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah, tribal governors told Holland that protecting Chaco Culture National Historical Park in northwestern New Mexico is a top priority, saying they are frustrated that the U.S. Bureau of Land Management hasn't done more to stem oil and gas development. Hmm. So, yeah, they're, 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 they're digging a grave for themselves right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, tribal expectations of Holland, a member of, Luja, of Laguna Pueblo in New Mexico, are wide-ranging uh, rooted in the federal government's past failures to uphold responsibilities elected in treaties and other acts. While many are hopeful her appointment will open the door to new possibilities, they acknowledge it will take time to address the system, so the systematic problems that have plagued their communities for generations. Systemic, Sys- meaning yeah. that it can be changed at the government level. It could be changed at if the organization. They if they wanted to, they can enact legislation. They they are sovereign. They they have their own governing body. Why wasn't that enacted? Why didn't you just shut down the damn road and demand the money? When because uh, they did that when when they were collecting taxes from I remember one of these casinos over here. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and if not, they shut off the water. Yes, and the, I mean, she's an army brat, right? I mean, she was her, in military all her life, so she wasn't brought up in the reservation, but they still say Holland is well-versed in the struggles of Indian country when it comes to things like a lack of basic infrastructure, education, achievement gaps, disappropriated health conditions, and protecting sacred sites. She's well-versed, so, so, really. So that's everywhere in New Mexico. Our sacred sites were taken down. Did you see that? Uh, the statues over there in Santa Fe. In Old Town. Uh, in Old Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Diego de Vargas. Mm-hmm. Que Viva La Entrada. Yes. Uh, 
Where was the preservation for that? Because it didn't fit the narrative because it was down, down, down with uh, white supremacists. This is why they're calling Hispanics racist, by the way. If you claim Spain, if you claim any cultural roots to uh, Europe, yep, you're not a Hispanic. You're not a person of color. You're a racist. That's all you are. So, so again, all of this, dis- I mean, she's saying this is really bad conditions. So why didn't they do anything? I mean, she sat on the board before she became everything else because they moved her. She went from there to the Democratic Party of New Mexico. She was uh, the president or whatever, the executive officer. From there, she she ran for office and then finally won congressional. And then now, poof, yeah, look at interior, mm-hmm. just like that overnight. Yeah, she's um, Holland has pushed to ensure tribes are consulted regularly hmm. and meaningfully on federal policies and projects that affect them. Because, yeah, the government controls everything right. there. And then the moment somebody says meaningfully, uh, like we need meaningful conversation. We're going to do this meaningfully. Mm-hmm. Which means what? And, and what are we going to get out who? of this? Yes. And for who? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, they said some Native Americans see her leadership as a chance to ask for more, to move from uh, consultation to consent, and to put more land in the hands of tribal uh, nations either outright or through stewardship agreements. What do you mean outright? What does that mean? They're going to take outright. someone out? Well, you know, you know how they have the land grants and the reservations, mm. the land, so, yeah, yeah. but they are not allowed to own their land, they said. So that's what they're going to try to achieve with her. No, 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 no. I think, I, well, maybe, but mm-hmm. see, that that could be a notion somebody gets in their mind, yeah. but I think they're, they're saying they're going to make the development or the land bigger for the actual Pueblo or the actual, you know, mm-hmm. Category of people. As if. As if. <laughs> that yeah. have sh- shaped faces. Yeah, and they, and they said this is something that we needed for so long, and, and it gives us an opportunity to share and recommend and tell these departments that are so vital to our communities what our needs are. Hey, that sounds like public <laughs> input right there. We all, and and we how all, much did they get? How much time did they get? And we all know how that, okay, read that last part again so that we know what public input sounds like. This is something that we needed for so long and it gives us an opportunity to share and recommend and tell these departments that are so vital to our communities what our needs are. Well, public comment. There you go, boy. So that's public input. They're, they're asking for your input. And we know where that goes. Welcome to the great state of New Mexico, everybody. We love New Mexicans. We highlight these issues because we believe that New Mexico is better than this. We don't think that we should be uh, having to be dead last. Not in one, but in all categories, regardless of the shapes of our faces. (laughs) So, yeah, I got to close out this. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we got. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on Conservative Talk ABQ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Don't forget to visit us on the web at offthecuffabq.com. Real simple, offthecuffabq.com. We will see you tomorrow. We got Janice Arnold Jones in-house tomorrow and Freestyle Friday. We're featuring a new artist. Yes, we are. And we feature one every Friday. So be sure to listen to Fridays. It's a fun time. Absolutely. It's Freestyle Friday. Yes. So we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. God bless you. Yes. God bless you for sure. Because of the color of their skin or um, the shape of their face.